So we have a new episode on the podcast, but today we're going to be talking about something different. No guests today, just me, your host, Alan. And we had an Instagram follower. We posted a question sticker a couple of days back and we wanted to get a general interest of what people wanted to hear us talk or hear me talk about at least. And one guy said West Side barbell training style. And, you know, I agreed to it. So here we are. So uh, I think the guy that that sent this was uh, Dean Ryan Wolf at Dean Ryan Wolf. Uh, thanks for the response. Now we're going to talk about it. So West Side Barbell, if uh, no one knows who like w- what West Side Barbell is and you're new to the podcast or new to powerlifting, uh, first you have to know who Louis Simmons is. Uh, Louis Simmons is like one of the legends in powerlifting, a multiply lifter. Uh, West Side Barbell, he, it's uh, located in Columbus, Ohio, and it's an uh, invitation-only gym. So you can't just walk it. It's not like a regular commercial gym where you can walk in, purchase a membership and, you know, go in and do your workout and leave. It's this gym was hardcore, big time, hardcore. It was, it was, um, lifters that were, you know, training for, to break the all time best records. Uh, some of the lifters that you'll, you'll think of are like Chuck Vogelpaul, Arnold Coleman, Dave Tate, and obviously Louis Simmons. But if, if you want to know more about, you know, Westside Barbell and, um, you know, Louis Simmons, they have a documentary on Netflix. I don't know if it's still out. Um, I think they took it down, but hopefully it's still up. It's called West Side versus the World. Um, West Side Barbell is the only gym in the world to have like two totals over 2,700 pounds, five totals over 2,800, and one that has um, the all-time highest total in the history of powerlifting ever, uh, 3,005. And that... Uh, goes very controversial because I know um, a lot of people, they don't like the depth on the squats. And, you know, I mean, the people hate on multiply lifting, but I, I still respect it. It's a it's a different beast. It's a different game. It's a lot more technical, you know, getting used to the squat suit. And obviously it doesn't apply to the raw lifter. And, you know, it doesn't, you know, a lot of people can't relate to it. But, hey, I don't hate on people that go multiply. That's my thing. But when I first saw Westside Barbell, uh, what separated the lifters from, you know, other, other powerlifters was the grit. They, they had a no-nonsense attitude towards their training, powerlifting, um, and they, they, they never, they, they were badass. They were a bunch of superheroes, basically, that they, I think I heard a story, Louis Simmons, he uh, broke his back, um, I think in somewhere in the 80s or 90s but he broke his back he was on crutches for a while and he still came back to squat 920 pounds and i think he had an incident in 1991 where he was um he was i think he is allergic to uh, anesthesia and he had to do an operation on his knee i think and they still gave him anesthesia and i think he went to like a coma or something and they, you know, I think he, he woke up from it and they, I think they told him that, I don't think they operated on his knee, but they told him that he was done with powerlifting and his powerlifting career was basically over. But 
after that operate after that whole incident, he came back for another 20 years of powerlifting historical. And he can't one of my favorite quotes on one of his podcasts, he talks about this guy that he coached that uh, that was in a originally in a wheelchair and eventually coached like he he got him, he somehow got him out of the wheelchair and somehow coached him to squat. Like eventually he got him to squat like a thousand seventy or something. Um, and Louis Simmons, the first time he met him, he called, he said, don't be a freaking puss. And it's just the attitude towards it. He said, what fails first is your mind, not your body. So something to think about for people that got injured and it made me certainly, certainly made me think about it because, um, my recent shoulder surgery, uh, about a year ago and coming back, but people have come back from far worse. And that person is like Louis Simmons broke, breaking his back twice and still coming back to squat that amount of weight. Um, but the inventions, uh, Louis Simmons also created some, some machines. He actually, well, he's most known for the reverse hyper machine. If you guys don't know what the reverse hyper is, I can't really describe it. So you can get, you guys could just Google it right now. It's, it basically strengthens the lower back. And when Louis Simmons broke his back, that's what he used to, um, to rehab it back to normal after he was on crutches, but he, his mentality basically separates him from the rest. But on this episode, we are be talking about the conjugate method. And I think Louis Simmons, he had a bunch more systems, I think, in the sources that I was reading. But we're going to be focusing on the conjugate system. And Louis Simmons, he took a lot of advice from a lot of powerlifters. He, and I think he, he took advice also from, um, at the time, so the Soviet Union and uh, a lot of uh, Bulgarian lifters that he read up on. Uh, he also obviously took a lot of advice from the United States. You know, the, uh, he, Larry Pacifico told him at one point that the bench press was 75% triceps, you know, things like that. Um, and the special exercises that ultimately led to the conjugate method were like the things like the rack pull, uh, box pull, high pull, good mornings, box squatting. And interestingly enough, box squatting on three different heights. So it wasn't just um, parallel, uh, as people would think he would also have his lifters benching on rubber mats on the chest. They would be floor pressing rack lockouts. And there was a lot more. And, but before this was called the conjugate method, it was called, uh, the conjugate sequence. And I think it was created by bill West or something, but the West side conjugate system is a combination of the two, uh, the advanced system. It's, it's a very advanced system of training. Uh, Louis Simmons did a lot of uh, research on this. Um, it's combined with the Soviet system and the Bulgarian system. And the Bulgarian, uh, the Soviet system, um, it's basically like special exercises that are used to advance the training of lifters and athletes. And the Bulgarian system, uh, if you guys are not familiar with it, um, if you guys have in, been in the powerlifting game for a while, you'll hear about the Bulgarian method. And Basically, it's squatting every day. It's, it's, it's what you hear about squatting every day. But it wasn't just squatting every day. They had, it was, um, Bulgarian method was coach, um, if you guys know Ivan Abajayev. Um, he was the coach of the Bulgarian team, I think, in the 90s, or 80s or 90s. And he led them to a lot of world, world championships, a lot of Olympic golds. And basically, he had, I think he had this mentality where it was like animals max out every day trying to look for food and survive so why can't humans do it as well uh, that was his style of training and 
Uh, yeah. So Ivan Abajayev, um, he took he took uh, notes from Leonid Matvayev. Um, I actually did a project on him freshman year in college, but he he basically took a lot of advice from Soviets, the, the Soviet system and the Bulgarian system. But his style, the West Side conjugate method, basically combines both of those styles. So basically, during his research, well, at least I, I think it's pretty obvious um, if you've been if you've been in the powerlifting game for a while, you understand that going heavy all the time is not always exactly the greatest idea, um, especially 90% or above your max. So what they talk about, Louis Simmons says that 90% or above for three weeks will easily cause physical and mental fatigue. And Louis Simmons in this conjugate method, he developed something called the pendulum wave uh, to prevent the mental fatigue and physical fatigue to set in. Um, he used the pendulum uh, wave method, uh, periodization or something. Um, he would have lifters switch exercises. Um, quote, as one's special physical preparedness increases, the training effect decreases. And this means that, you know, the training must be, um, you know, introduced constantly. Exercises were always rotated each week. Uh, I think things like the, like I said, like rotating between the, the the rack lockouts, the box squats, and they always had special uh, special bars. They had cambered bars. They had, um, um, I don't think they had bowed bars back then. I'm trying to think. They had, oh, they had safety squat bar. Um, they had a cambered bar. They had, oh, they had a regular squat bar, and they would they would use bands and chains and things like that of that nature, and the purpose of the conjugate method was using exercises that were very similar to the classic exercises, like um, the obviously for powerlifting, the bench press, the squat, and the, the deadlift. And because of the rotation of exercises, Louis Simmons said it provided unidirectional loading and it would highly stimulate motor potential and it would perfect technical skill. And so, Reading from his uh, the Westside Barbell website, um, it says pendulum method, speed strength work for a three week cycle. So for three weeks, they would work on speed of the uh, the velocity and the speed of the bar. They would use bands and chains uh, that would be increased each week for the three weeks of time that it would be on that on that strength speed. And on the fourth week, the load would be changed or decreased. And there's a, a restart after these three weeks because Louis Simmons, uh, through his experience, after the three weeks, he says that one cannot become faster or stronger. And uh, and he quotes one of these, uh, a one of this, one of the lifters that he that he um, talks about is Vasily Alexiev. Um, this lifter, I think he was a Russian lifter. Uh, he used a similar method and he was an Olympic weightlifter with uh, remarkable achievements. Two-time Olympic gold, eight-time world champion, 80 world records and 81 Soviet records. So this guy was no joke. And Louis Simmons used him as an example to, to that, to the, to those things. Uh, so going back to the squat with different bars, Louis Simmons, he, he squatted on a regular bar and, and he would, he, he did 805 pounds with it on a parallel box. He had 640 pounds with a safety squat bar, 675 with a 14 inch cambered bar. And, just to put this into perspective, he used percentages for these different for these different barbells. 
because these barbells would, would do different things for them. Like safety bars, you, you have to um, stay a little bit more upright like a front squat. So with 50% on the squat bar, he'd be four, 402 pounds, 400, uh, 482 for the safety squat bar, 384 for the camber bar, and, and things like that. So th no, I got that wrong. Uh, the percentages are off, but yeah, don't quote me on that. Um, so when he, if he break, he said that if you break a personal record on like a, like a safety squat bar, um, if he expects their, their max or competition max of, you know, the regular squat bar to be already higher. And yeah, I mean, the, it's, it's a very complicated system, but I, that's basically all the research that I did for the conjugate method. Um, obviously probably more people know a lot more about it than me, but I quoted him from the source, not from people that, you know, think they're creating the pro think they're doing the program correctly. And yeah, the West side barbell is just one of those like legendary gyms. And uh, obviously, you know, he focuses on restoration to water therapy, um, you know, acupuncture, massage, things like that. <clears throat> but that was like the, my little, you know, little intake on, not, not intake, but like basically what conjugate method is and what Westside Barbell style training is. Okay. But for me, my opinion on it is um, obviously it works. Um, he... <laughs> If you look at his achievements already, you know that, you know, looking at Chuck Vogelpost, like squatting, like lightest man, lightest, to, lightest lifter to ever just squat a thousand pounds, you know, and and like the three thousand five pounds total, the five totals over twenty eight hundred, you know, these numbers are no joke. And Westside Barbell dominated powerlifting for for a while, and I'm pretty sure they still do. But for me, yeah, it works. And the only thing is, it's probably very difficult to find um, like an authentic version of it. Like, like it's probably very difficult to find a, a real version from like, you know, Louis Simmons on just like, unless like a cookie cutter version of it on the internet. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't, I, I think, I feel like it'd be, it'd be something that a more advanced lifter would have to do. Just because, you know, as a beginner, you make those newbie gains and you you hit PRs basically every session. I feel like as you get stronger, things need to get a little bit more specific and um, your, tra your training has to be scrutinized a little bit more. Obviously, people, you know, there are genetic freaks out there. They don't even need to program at all. They probably don't even have coaches and they still hit records and they, you know, and, you know, it works for them. But I've only been in this, uh, this sport for four years. Um, in June or July, it'll be five. So I haven't even hit 10 years into the sport yet. So, and I would probably do it, but it's, I feel like, you know, you, you have to find like the real, a real source of it. Like you probably have, you probably find good templates and all that, but the problem is with social media. And I've said this on many of the other podcasts already that people, cause they, Louis Simmons does three week cycles. And then he'll decrease the load and, and things like that. I mean, a lot of people don't have like access to safety bars, you know, those different types of specialty bars, but the bigger problem is people hopping off the program 
uh, people that they'll see like a fancy program, they'll hop on it for two weeks and then they'll, they'll say it's not working and they just won't do the program anymore. But I'm pretty sure with his program, you had to stick it through. Well, any program you have to stick it through and you hit PRs. But I think it's a good idea if you're more experienced and obviously if you somehow make it into the West Side Barbell Gym, even better for you because you, you're getting coaching from, you're training with the best lifters in the world and you're probably, you know, you get the environment as well. Cause I heard um, in the documentary, I think um, I've, it's been a while since I watched it, but someone quoted, it was like a prison or something. The environment was very, um, it's a lot different obviously than a commercial gym, than, than a powerlifting gym. And I'm the, one of their barbells had like welded 100 pound plates on it. So you had to start at 245 pounds if you wanted to, to warm up. It was just a different environment. And a lot of people, you know, they, a YouTube video, I think it was Vice um, or some other YouTube channel. They, they did a little thing on, on Westside Barbell and the comment section obviously was filled with people that weren't legit powerlifters, not legit powerlifters, people that just weren't into the sport as much as people from Westside Barbell. And it clearly showed people would say like, it's not worth it. You know, why are these idiots hurting themselves over things, you know, they're not even getting paid for this. It's generally for their love of the sport and they're willing to do anything to, to take it to the next level. And, you know, a lot of people just don't understand that. And obviously something with, you know, barbell training, which is already have a bad reputation because people just think, you know, you get injured right away. Uh, but yeah, I technically didn't answer the question, but my opinion on it is, you should do it if you're more experienced. And for me, I, I don't think I'm experienced enough for that yet. I still have some, some ground to, to work on. I, I, I still need to squat 600 bench press, uh, 400 and, you know, deadlifts, you know, over 600 before I even consider doing that, but I might be wrong. I might look back on this episode and, you know, probably consider the conjugate method, but if you're more experienced and maybe it's like, People have, a lot of people have never done banded squats, you know, or lifted with chains or anything of that nature or ever done speed work and making those little changes maybe could, you know, give you, give you that in the, the difference between being in third place and first place, you know, adding in those training, those extra training methods, maybe could work for you. Maybe it won't work for you, but it's about trying new things, having an open mind, having the white belt mentality is what I always uh, say. Um, always have an open mind to, to new training methods. If you keep getting stacked, if you get stagnant with it, the, you know, you're training and you, you keep using the same methods, you're obviously going to plateau. And if you don't do anything about it, you'll, yeah, maybe you'll make progress, but you, you have to switch it up once in a while. I, you know, I made the most progress when I, when I hopped on the small of squat program, another Russian squat program, but it was too taxing for me. I made a lot of gains with it, but it was too taxing. It affected my bench press and it affected my deadlift. So lesson learned, I take, I'll, I'll do like once in a while, I'll do a small of workout. I will add in numbers from, from specific er time periods in that program and add it in my program, you know? Just having that in your arsenal, just having that knowledge of it, it it's um, it's good because it could give you a little edge over the competitors. <clears throat> and you you see the the West Side Barbell lifters, they load the they they load up the bands on the 
on the squats like crazy. And people will say, you know, that's stupid, but like, look at, look at what they've done. They, they broke a, a million all time. I can't even keep count. They, they, they have a million all time world records and people will hate on it and say, you know, it's multiply. And again, I respect multiply lifters multiply isn't, you know, that's based, that was basically the start the, the populist popularization of powerlifting. Obviously nowadays people can relate more to the raw lifting, just like the sleeves and the, the wrist wraps and a belt. But when they see squat suits, people will think it's, you know, people wearing a diaper or something. It's, it's, it's just a different style of powerlifting. That's what I think. And to, to hate on it, I think it's just foolish. Powerlifting is supposed to be a small community. It's, it's, it's coming up. It's, um, it's a sport that's building, but it's still a rather small community. And we don't need hate in this community. You know, you look, you look at it in, like, uh, you look at any warm up area of a powerlifting meet, it's always good vibes. And we have to keep it that way. And multiply lifters, they, they're strong as hell. It's not like, you know, the Chuck Vogelpohl, when he squatted a thousand pounds, I'm pretty sure he could easily hit like close to that raw without a squat suit. And yeah, just people that hate on it, you know, they don't know about hard work, about powerlifting. And they think they don't think powerlifting is a sport. But anyway, <clears throat> final thing, my opinion, I think you should do it if you're more experienced. If, um, if you're even more experienced, I think you should just add some training methods in it, like the pendulum wave method, uh, periodization. I've never heard of it until I researched it a couple of days ago. And it's very interesting to me. I've never trained three weeks, um, switched to the, ex switched the exercises and, uh, like did speed work for squats or, or, um, any type of like specialty bars. And I have to say it might make the difference between me is hitting, you know, 700 on the squat, you know, from going to 585 to 700 and maybe a shorter amount of time because of this, these different training methods that I've researched over the past few days. <clears throat> and it's just keeping an open mind. And I say Westside, Westside Barbell has done a lot for the powerlifting community and people who deny that they, they don't know anything about powerlifting, but I think that you should, I, I've repeated this already, but yeah, you should do it. And for me, I'm going to add some, con uh, some, some of their concepts into my training, and it will definitely help me. And uh, thank you for the, the topic, Dean Ryan Wolf. And um, if anybody else has any more topic uh, discussion questions and uh, topics that you want to hear about, I'll put out another question sticker um, on Instagram, and you guys can respond to it. And um, we'll see uh, you know, what we come up with. Um, but it was a great discussion, only about 23 minutes, obviously a lot less long, a lot less, you know, not a lot of time compared to our regular podcast episodes, but it was just me talking today. But that was my opinion on the Westside Barbell Conjugate Method. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'm signing out now. Peace.